0: This is the One Up Sales Development Podcast. A podcast made by SDRs or SDRs. This one goes out to all the hustlers on the phones each and every day, slugging it out. If you're new and you need help with cold calling, I got you. Hey, Bob, may I have 27 seconds 27, just to explain the reason for my call? And you can decide if we should continue or not. Personalization with relevancy. I got you. Hey Bob, I noticed you have a lovely garden and you love to grow plants. Incidentally, what are you doing today to grow your sales team? Overcoming objections. I got hey you. Hey Bob, the last thing I'd like to do is send over information that is irrelevant. To narrow this down, I'd like to ask you a few questions. Would that be alright? How to extract information and make friends with gatekeepers. I got you. Hey Sally, I'm not even sure if Bob's the right person I should be speaking to. Would it be alright if I explain the reason for my call and perhaps maybe you can help? We're in it to win it. together together. SDRs unite! I'm your host, Jackson Liu. everyday practitioner. From the front lines for the front Married lines. to the game, baby practice what you preach. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the
1: show. Take the halls with boughs of holly la la la-la-la-la It is the season to be jolly
0: Ah, shit, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the 1UP Sales Development Podcast. For our next guest, we got going on for drop number 8 of the 12 Days Christmas. It is my boy, Alejandro Campoy, coming straight out of Spain, baby. Hell yeah. So, Alejandro, currently right now, is a sales account executive for Stealth Startup. And what that means is, for those who doesn't know, Stealth Startup is a company that, well, operates in stealth mode so you don't know who or what company they're really representing for instance um, it could be a company called ghost kitchens which is a subset or uh, one of the partners that used to be with uber that is now operating in a ghost kitchen ghost kitchens that's one of it (laughs) but the great thing I love about my man Alejandro is he started out his experience back in the days talking about five years plus and he actually started over in the UK he started at a, as a marketing intern in 2012 and then later down realized that man I'm I'm doing the sales role I'm doing the sales job and we're doing a specific type of outreaches but we're not really getting compensated so therefore that's exactly why he made a jump and it's very 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 popular and very common a lot of people take that jumping route to as well especially in your marketing and if you're someone who's in marketing right now that never tried sales you should probably check it out <laughs> but a great thing I love about my man Alejandro too as well is uh, he really got his true real experience uh, in the tech and sas world as a sales exec over at Tiller worked his way up the ranks became a sales team manager inbound SDR team manager and then worked his way up into stealth mode so Uh, you know how I met Alejandro is uh, during my time over at Ten Pounds we were interviewing SDR managers and he was open to connecting and he's from across the globe and he made it through to the time zone and I'd like to share the blog with you it's called top three skills every SDR should develop now and number one would be consistency aka hit your numbers right you gotta be consistent He's a big fan of man battle mentality. Of course, Kobe Bryant, RIP baby. And you always got to have that mentality where you go. Can't stop. Won't stop. Go all the way. Right through it. Over it. Under it. And if you have to, right through it. BAM. Just like how my man uh, Larry Long says it. Also, the next one is uh, efficiency. Known as the 80-20 rule. So he said he strongly believes in the 80-20 rule. Or a partial principle. According to this, In many cases, 80% of the events come from 20% of the causes, where most of the results are explained with small portion or total effort capacity. This is very important, 80-20. And of course, number three, which is the most important of all, confidence, aka trust, trust yourself. And know that you you can do it, that you are enough. uh, It's possible to still move your way up the ranks, keep training, to work harder, smarter, always ask for help, always level up, and always seek for what's next. My man, Alejandro, thank you so much for coming on the 1UP Sales Development Podcast and sharing your experience and how the sales development world works over there in the UK and Spain. Take care and Merry Christmas. Cheers. And of course, this podcast is brought to you by Better Growth, a software consultancy that helps companies reduce churn, increase adoption, and improve revenue generation. So if you're interested in a 30-minute consulting session with their award-winning team, head over to www.bettergrowth.com. Yay, yay. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the One Up Sales Development Podcast. For my next guest I have for you today is uh, very, 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 very exciting. He's actually going to be, one, the first ever to be interviewed over from his specific area. And I connected with this individual not too long ago, and we actually did a blog post. And from the connection I got with this guy, was like, I was like, okay, man, did not know that this guy is, is pretty cool. He's just like us. I can see him as if he was just a friend in the States. And if I was to, if I was to meet this individual in the States, I, I, I would be like, okay, I, I think this guy was probably from like California or something like that. But really, he's not, he's from, he's representing from across the globe, the globe. And this guy started out as a marketing intern, worked his way up the ranks, took his way into, took a shot into sales, worked his way into tech and SaaS. Please give me a warm welcome for the one and only Mr. Alejandro Campoy, inbound SDR team <laughs> manager over at Tiller, coming straight out of Spain, Barcelona. <laughs> <laughs> man,
2: that's the best intro I've ever heard. Oh, that, uh, yeah. What's up, here, Alejandro? Better than the NBA games, man. oh man
0: how you doing brother
2: i'm doing well man thank you how are you
0: doing very well dude (laughs) i am so happy to have you um come on man this is really exciting for me you know this is the great power of networking from across the globe you know it's currently 10 a.m right now where i'm at and it's about 7 p.m and you're at but you're off hours we're willing to do it because you know you have the love and the vision for this too as well so welcome to the show brother
2: Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I hopefully can, like, uh, share my, my personal experience with, like, uh, leading an SDR team, and, and let's talk about some sales, right? Yep. Yep,
0: you bet. So, <laughs> hey, all right, Alejandro, so without further ado, why don't we go ahead and just uh, give us a brief background for our listeners about um, who you are and what do you currently do over at Tiller in Spain?
2: Yes. Yes, of course. So to give you a, a, like a little bit of context, I, I graduated in, in business administration in, in my city, in Valencia, in 2016. And back then, I was super, super uh, marketing-focused, right? I wanted to do marketing, 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 branding. That, that was my, my passion. So I moved uh, to Barcelona to, to do a uh, to course a master in marketing. And right after, I, uh, I found this super interesting company on LinkedIn. That was like the the hiring numbers, the hiring numbers were 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 out of the out of the um, out of the ceiling, right? Like they they hired like they tripled the stuff in like less than a year. So I was super interested. I was like, what, what's this company about? Uh that was Tiller. Um it was a POS solution for restaurants, right? That's what we are. Um But the position that they were offering was in sales. I i never, I never I never knew much about sales, uh, back then. Uh, they didn't teach much sales in, in high school or in college. Uh, we didn't, we didn't learn any sales at the, at my master's during my master's. Uh, that's probably one thing that needs to get fixed. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I said, well, why not? Like maybe to be a, a good marketing professional, I need to be in the front lines, uh, just as you guys. So why not learn the customer journey from the bottom and, and, work my way up work my way up right uh, so that's what I did I applied I fortunately got, got the job uh, amazing experience amazing company of course mm. amazing people everything's good about the company but the, it was like a huge reality shock for me because I saw myself working 10 to 12 hours a day cold calling like a motherfucker doing um, <laughs> yeah man like as I told you we were doing 200 we 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 were doing 200 calls on a consistent basis like it was not like one day you do 200 and then the next day you do 50 no no we were doing 200 call calls every day uh because we did it the sales we were opening the the branch in the country and we needed the sales if we wanted the company to succeed um yeah. so when i joined there was already three people working in the sales department like our our we we used to call them our mentors uh so we, we learned everything from them, and we saw that these guys were calling all the time. Man. Uh, non-stop, we wanted to take breaks. They didn't, they didn't let us take breaks because they knew that if we took breaks, then the company would not, would not succeed. Because at the beginning, when you, when you launch a new project, everything you need is distribution and sales, right? Marketing comes after when you are – obviously, some, some marketing people will kill me for, for saying this, but uh, trust me. First thing you need is sales uh, when, when you are starting a company. Or at least having a, like a framework to achieve sales through marketing or whatever. Uh, so yeah, that's what we did. Then I became a, a senior sales. Then I became a team manager. And then I moved uh, into the SDR. We call it the acquisition uh, department, right? Where, where I led a team of, of SDRs and inbound SDRs. So basically, knowing about sales and knowing about uh, having having made so many cold calls and having spoken to so many clients, so many sorry, so many leads, uh, teaches you something, and that's um, what I wrote about in the article. Like you need to be super consistent when you are doing calls um, super consistent. to achieve your, your <clears throat> results, right? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, I wanted to say something uh, regarding like the the SDR uh because we the, like you know in in recent in recent times sdr <clears throat> the sdr job has been outsourced to cheap markets um and and it's really not not fair because it requires a lot of hard work and a lot of uh, expertise to really master the the job and if you do so you can you can make a lot of money of course
0: yeah yeah no doubt and like to take a stab uh that a little bit, piggyback on that. You're absolutely right. You know, sales development, it's a hard gig. I mean, let's face it, it's tough, right? You're you're yeah. banging out a hundred calls a day. It, on average it takes a hundred no's before you get one yes. And when you do get that one yes, sometimes the individual is not even prepping prepared for it when they should be. So yeah, just <laughs> that one, just missing that one that one yes would just ruined their whole day.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, man. yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. And it, it also requires like a, a super strong mind, uh, mindset, right? So um, no matter what, you never, you like never stop being, being yourself. And that, that might sound silly, but I think it's super, super, super true. Uh, when it comes to making calls, if you are yourself, they might accept you or they might reject you, but at least make it, like for who you are, right? Because if you, like, if you modify the pitch or your tone of voice, or you try to, or you pretend to be someone you're, you really not. Yeah. The other, the person at the other side of the phone is gonna notice for sure, and and that creates rejection. Um, I think no matter what you do, just be yourself. Have your own voice. You obviously have to <clears> find <throat> it. You have to, you have to find your perfect tone of voice. You have to find your perfect uh, pitch. Um. But at the end, you need to be yourself.
1: Yep.
0: I, I absolutely agree. And, you know, uh, that's, that's the thing about new the trouble with a lot of new SDR and BDRs that I see nowadays too. Alejandro, you know, they come in, right? They're fairly new. Hey, welcome aboard. Um, congratulations. You got the job. Here's the offer. Merry fucking Christmas. All right? So they sign it. And <laughs> what happens is uh, <laughs> they get trained and they're like, all right, man, this is how you say it and this is how you sound. But what happens is that they're, they're, they're being fake about it. So when they're on the phone, they're just like, hello, All right. hi, yes, this is me, blah, 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 blah. But they're uh, not really truly being themselves. And the way uh, you actually overcome and uh, make it happen is they're supposed to learn and train under them, and then they throw their own twist into the pot. Um, just, like, just like a witch, when a witch is stirring a pot, the SDR oh, manager, <laughs> manager would throw potion one, into the pot which is them how they should be talking and how they should be sounding and they should too should be throwing their own potion there which is potion number two and storing the pot to combine it so then that way they get the full mixture
2: definitely i i love that analogy man uh, i mean uh, you nailed it what's important is is to understand why uh newcomers or, or new sdrs are trying to like pretend to have like a ton of voice that, that's not really theirs or why they are trying to say these words, these fancy you know these fancy words that we usually use in our different languages to 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 pretend that we are more intelligent or whatever. does it also happen to you guys? Yeah like you, you just you use fancy words to like we really don't need any of that. Like what people don't understand is you are talking to another person um, who's like we want to think that's a real person right so they 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 are people they are human they they some of the times they are jerks some of the times they disrespect you but if you manage to understand and if you really you really um get to talk to that person in a human way that's gonna get that's gonna get them more interested for sure uh but what what leads like, like the question should be what leads us to fake our tone of voice or try to, you know, use fancy words and, and pretend to, to be someone we're not. I think it's because we, we don't know the pitch correctly. And let me elaborate on that. Like, there's usually when you join a company, and this also happened to me, there's already a pitch, a sales call pitch that's already working at a decent level for someone in that company and that you should adopt and use in your benefit. that that, that's not to say that you should not uh as you said like put your own like sauce in the mix and and try to make things a little different but if you try to create something new from scratch and you are new and there's something there's there's something that's already working for a number of people in the company you're probably gonna crash um so my, my my advice would be adopt whatever pitch is uh, is like now at the company It's being used and give your suggestions try memorize it like perfectly know every word of it and you will find something that could be tweaked or could be like modified to work better nice. but that's gonna you you will know that after a few like a, a, a few thousand calls so the sample is just not big enough when you're starting and but we we could say this to the customer. Um, if we switch uh, this word for that one, that, that would be more effective. The reality is that you don't know that yet, right? Yeah. You, need, you, need, you need calls. You need many calls. And if that, there's a pattern that repeats itself that, and, and, and then you find yourself in a position where you can give useful advice to whoever is using that pitch at the moment, then you're in a good position to, to adjust some things, right? But so, like, to put it uh, briefly, for someone, for a new SDR who's willing to make an impact and who's uh, really um, eager to 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 make a difference, just put in the calls, man. Use whatever pitch they give you and put in the numbers. If you hit your numbers, you're gonna be fine because they are gonna notice. The company's gonna notice that you are interested, that you are have the like you know the mentality to 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 move forward, and then they're gonna take your advice more seriously when it comes to uh, suggesting. Uh, suggesting changes to the pitch um yeah
0: yep yep definitely is there it is and you hit the nail on the head with that i love that you're you know you're absolutely right just changing the words and we really just gotta be yourself and make make the calls man like that's the thing about it nowadays to sdr and bdrs newly come in hey man. 22 23 um you know they don't even know what a code call is and some of them never even received a code call. So they're like, what the fuck's a code yeah. call? And then they get phone frightened, they get scared. And they're like, uh, I don't know, uh, and they get caught sometimes when they're in a conversation and the decision major picks up and you know the, the decision maker would tell them one specific thing, but they can't fully process it in their head because they're so studying to the script and then they oh, reply really? with what the script is, but it has no relevancy and the the DMs just sitting there and going and I'll quote unquote for this because they, I'm sure they experience it and they would say, "You're not listening." I just said that.
2: <laughs> How many times has the SDR,
0: BDRs, I get that right?
2: Oh yeah. man, that that's why, yeah, man, you nailed know, it. Like that's that's why it's so important to follow the pitch. Like my 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 team lead at the time, like when I joined the company, he had me, he had me read the pitch from the paper. Like I I I I, I was positive that I had memorized it. But obviously I hadn't because I, had, I, I was making mistakes. So at some point he said, okay, you know what? There's a way where you're not going to make any mistakes. Just read the pitch. So he put the paper in front of me and he made me read the pitch. And that's the way to memorize it. You have to read it over and over and over until you can, you know, say every word from, from the heart, Yeah, by heart. Um, yep. So, yeah, 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 yeah. And another useful tip would be, don't waste energy on on gatekeepers. That's that's useless. That's gonna burn you burn you out for sure. And what I mean by this is, if you know for a fact that you're not talking to the right person, save save time on that call. You're probably you're probably gonna need it so, uh, like later on. So nice. Um, yeah. Don't waste don't don't waste time on gatekeepers. They they're usually not gonna help you. Uh, some of them are really nice. Some of them are are, are jerks, but that's that's probably not the right person. You should be spending one minute or two minutes talking to,
1: because then okay. they're,
2: they're like the, the information is gonna pass on to the decision maker, and it's it's probably biased already. So you should you should like put your energy uh, trying to get the decision maker on the on the phone. That that's where you, what the energy should go. And this is this seems like an obvious things, thing to say, but so many SDRs spend time uh trying to, you know, talk to the gatekeeper about the benefits of the product and they don't give a shit. <laughs> gatekeepers, gatekeepers are so busy that they don't give a shit. They're not going to remember a thing of what you said and you just spend three minutes talking to someone who doesn't give a shit about what you have to say. So, Dude. yeah, this lead, leads me to point number three, which is respect your time.
0: Yeah. Oh, man, that... Dude, that, that was great, Alejandro. I I love that. Don't waste your time on gatekeepers. And you know you're absolutely right. A lot of SDR and BDRs, what they're doing is, oh, uh, oh, hey, hey, Sally. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, is is Bob there, the decision maker? Yeah, you know, I'm trying to reach Bob because it's what we do. This what we do. This what we do. Oh, by the way, and then they try <laughs> yeah. try womb, right? Like they're trying to date him. Oh, so um, how's the web there? Uh, how's it looking down there or oh I, or, yeah, yeah or sometimes if uh <laughs> what happens too here and uh happens a lot in the states I see where um you know they all every time they're so let's say they're reaching out to like an enterprise account uh with three okay. different type of personas and there's like a gatekeeper there. So every time they reach out to trying to attempt to reach out to all three, they're getting to the same gatekeeper and they kind of build this relationship with them it's like hey hey it's me again you see is bob there oh hey it's me again is alejandro there oh come on man i'm just trying to get there you know like and then oh so by the way uh, did you watch the game last week and shit like that and they're trying to woo him and try to give him like a, a bag of candy and flowers and it's just not working like that so alejandro um i know you guys uh you, you mentioned don't waste your time on gatekeepers but yeah. in your experience i'm curious to hear when they do call and get a gatekeeper what's 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 the right tactic to do so
2: so yeah so to put you in context we we talk to um restaurant owners right yeah so most of the times the restaurant owner is not there he's not at the at the specific location he's managing the business from somewhere else so we we used to call restaurants uh so most of the time the person wasn't there uh, so you're basically talking either to a floor manager or to a waiter, or waitress, of course. <laughs> That's a lot easier. In this, case, in this case, the most useful thing to do is directly, like, they are so busy. They are doing this and that. They are, they are, they are, they are all over the place. And we used to call at times where we knew that the, that like the, the decision maker, the owner, might be there. Which at some points were the busiest times at the restaurant, right? So that's service hours. So when you when you call it and the person is not there and they don't want to put you through. Only thing we asked for was for the name of the owner. As simple as that, because that, that information is already so much valuable that was enough for us. So next time you call the restaurant, you already know the person's name. So you're calling directly for the name, uh, which gives you like incredible chances of getting him through the phone because then if you are if you're asking for juan for example that's not the same of asking for the owner right yeah is the owner there why do you care is juan there Ah, that might seem pretty convincing oh nice nice and it's more like if if you're asking directly for their first name they they usually think uh that's someone who knows them and this is super simple. And I, again, this works for our industry in particular, but I, I, I believe it could be applied to, to different uh, sectors too.
0: Nice. Nice. Hey, you know, I, uh, this, this is absolutely true. This um, reminds me when I did the, my internship at ADP, we were reaching out to small businesses, uh, some restaurant owners too. And I wanted to found worked, And it's just like what you did. You know, one of my, uh, Sales mentor at the time taught me to say his first name and then just say, after that, just say, it's Jackson, like uh, as if we know him. For instance, <clears throat> we call him, Sally picks up. Correct. And uh, I'll be yeah. looking yeah, for Alejandro. Right. So, Sally, like, hello. I'm like, hey, it's Alejandro there. It's Jackson. And they're like, oh, okay. Oh, it's like more like that's a little it. rat. Yeah. You got it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the way. Yeah. That's the way. Yeah. So, shout. Yeah. It, it, it makes you seem more natural, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Shout. Out to my man name. <laughs> Correct. Correct. You're, you're not making a sales call. You're just, you're just asking for a friend. Yep. That's, that, that's it. Yeah. So hey. if you can replicate that in every call, you have higher chances of getting whoever you're willing to put through the phone.
0: That's how yeah. it is. And yeah. I know for a fact that it's different uh, when it's straight office B2B because if it's Sally from the B2B office, right? They, they know. Correct. And you're like, hey, it's uh, Sally there, it's Jackson. I'm like okay, Jackson would who, Jackson would where, and they're like dive a little bit deeper than the restaurant type. Correct. So I noticed that too. <laughs> Very interesting. Correct. correct. <laughs> hey, um, Alejandro, so tell, tell us about Tiller. Uh, it's like more of a end-to-end pay solution. Is, is it kind of like Clover or you own a restaurant, you know, just an app set up, you just pay through Tiller?
2: So uh, you, have, you have several examples of what we're trying to achieve here uh, in your country, I guess. I don't know if you know, maybe Toast. Host is a POS uh
1: yeah,
0: yeah.
2: We're really ecosystem in the US. Yeah, yeah, we're pretty similar. So basically, we like to define ourselves as an ecosystem for entrepreneurs who are restaurant owners or food and beverage uh, business owners, right? So Tealer right. provides everything going from uh, like the day-to-day operations, like the front front desk, also very powerful back office and all the solutions related to uh, yeah making the owners like the, the, the restaurateur life easier and accessible for, for whoever is willing to check. I don't know how many burgers did I sell last week, uh with different <laughs> modifications. Yeah, so so basically it's everything related to the to the um, to the business. Uh, it's been a very, very successful company so far. Like we we raised twenty million euros back in twenty eighteen as a series C run. Nice. Um, and yeah, we, we grew super, super fast. Like, they, actually, when I joined the company, it was already almost two, yeah, two, two years old, more or less. Um, nice. And then they expanded to Spain in Barcelona, to Madrid, to Italy. So yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, at the end, young entrepreneurs who are willing to, to do things right with the restaurant, they definitely are going to look into tiller for sure. Cause it's, it's different. Ooh, it's oh, not yeah. like, at the beginning, the, like the, um, our slogan was like the, it is like a, a reinvented cash register. And <laughs> it evolved, it evolved into an, an, a digital ecosystem for, for young entrepreneurs. Right. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. We have hey. a super, super powerful marketing team as well. Love it. Love it. Hey,
0: I uh, want to talk about something real quick too. Um ghost kitchens. Are you familiar with ghost kitchens? Yeah. Ghost Kitchen, Yes, sir. Yeah? Uh, Yeah. yeah, So from my understanding, right after when the COVID happened, right, all these restaurants got fucked up. They had to adapt and adjust. And then they had to pivot. And I really saw, like, uh, a rise of Ghost Kitchens and their own entrepreneurs, too. Like, people, like, I'm on Mm -hmm. Facebook right now. And there's people on there who really just have, like, their own, uh, so I'm, I'm in Orange County, right? They call it OC Food Chefs. And there's literally okay. there are like 20,000 members in there. There's all these Asian people in there who loves to cook uh, Vietnamese authentic food and stuff like that. Just specifically my wow. area. And that's specialization because that's what they're good at. And then because they throw it on the menu on there and okay. uh, people can pick up for like gift exchanges. And then they could like really pick up all these food that they want that's highly pers- uh, specialized in because that's what the people – uh, it's good at making, and I I really saw that trend. And I was like, man, I think this is going to be the rise of ghost kitchens, and perhaps somewhere in the near future, they'll probably start using something like Toast or Tiller uh, just mm-hmm. to run the transaction. Because that, like, I, I noticed one guy has taken off like his orders, he's just doing it manually, Excel manual and shit like that.
2: It's manual processing, <laughs> but guy, like, yeah. how
0: can you? So wait,
2: sorry, Jackson, they how does it work? So in the dark yeah. kitchen, like people people like. Like they have like a consensus of what they want to eat, and then they order it oh, like, no. i mean in your what, the group you, you just talked about
0: yeah, yeah, so uh what I'm talking about right now is totally separate from ghost Kitchen, but what they're really doing is the coast uh, the ghost kitchen business model is what' is what I'm talking about okay yeah they're they're at home, they're cooking stuff by, and they're offering it to the group, and it's taken off, and it, i I'm actually a big um I'm actually a big uh, customer from there, too. I order <laughs> a lot from there. So it's good, man. It's a like, good deal, dude. Like 10 bucks. So what you spend for, uh, like, in a restaurant, you get this, like, uh, like high, super high quality. And I was like, wow, pre-express. Uh, the reason I brought it up is because, uh, you know, uh, just tying it down to Tiller, I, I could really see how you guys would solve their pain points because a lot of them right now is having, like, how do I track my orders? How do I just pull up how, on Sundays, how many did I make, how many exactly. did I sell, and then to truly track your ingredient and find out what your net net profit is and not your net cost.
2: Yeah, exactly. So ideally, like, the, the, the purpose of Tiller is to have, like, an end-to-end solution, like, when, like, since you get the fresh tomatoes out of the store to when that food is being delivered um, and enjoyed by the customer, right? Yeah. So, I definitely see, like, it's a fact, at least in Europe, the delivery, the food delivery market is growing at, and brace yourself, at 100% per year. So that's, that's uh, 20% per quarter. Nice. And COVID is going to, COVID is going to boost that up for sure. Um, So we really, like, I don't know where the, where the, like the industry as a whole is going, but definitely it's going towards delivery and uh, the food business is huge now.
0: Yep. Yep, no doubt, no doubt. Hey, know. so I, I want to go ahead and um, take a few steps back with you real quick. really want to get yeah. to know you on a personal level. So did you grow up in Spain and Barcelona?
2: No, I grew up in Valencia. Oh, okay. Uh, that's, that's the east coast of Spain, like south from Barcelona, like uh, 250, 300 kilometers down from Barcelona. Uh, so I grew up here, um, and that's where I'm moving now again. Uh, I've been three weeks here since the COVID crisis hit and I love it because uh, I'm with my family and friends. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: but, uh, you know, that, that's what they say. Like, I don't know how it goes in the US, but here in Spain, if you want to find like a first uh, good, like, a, you, you know, your, your first full-time job is usually, is usually going to be in either Barcelona or, or Madrid. Oh, really? Because uh, that's where the big companies or the trendy companies are. Yeah, that's where the market, the job market is. Okay. Uh, Yeah. And and if you're as lucky as me. Yeah.
1: Oh, we had a little.
0: um, Looks like we had a little spike there. No worries. (laughs) No worries. Happens all the time.
2: What what did you say? How is it going for you guys? Like,
0: yeah, sorry. Oh, can, can you repeat that we just said again? Sorry, we had a little lag spike, so I just cut
1: off.
2: Uh, yeah, how, how is it going for you guys with the COVID thing um, with regards to, to remote jobs and, and companies letting you guys work from home? Is that a thing or, or they want you to go in person?
1: Oh,
0: man, yeah. Yeah, so majority of people was in office from my understanding, especially the SDR, BDR world. And now everyone fully shifting to remote. Everyone's adapting, adjusting, and from what I'm currently seeing, some companies gonna stick to it and keep it as an offer, and some of it is actually gonna bring it back in office because uh, the traditional way they believe in that in-person training, um, which is totally cool and fine. You know, uh, the, the team is meant to be there, and when you're when you're in a present state with your fellow mates, you know, you're you're, you're more yeah. in time to, to just. Uh, make it harder and just throw it out there. Unless you're like a specific, because it takes someone to be truly motivated and stay motivated. If you're gonna be in remote, which has ups and downs. Oh yeah. Like
2: definitely, definitely, definitely,
0: definitely. Like uh, I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, when it comes to that, it really depends on an individual. Um, so like if you're if you're single and you're very outgoing and you're a social animal. You know, you would probably prefer more at times than not <laughs> in in yeah. person because you're like, hey, hang out my coworkers, and you know, sometimes study shows some people, uh, their best friends are their coworkers. So that that being said, we're social animals, and some would prefer to remote. It's <laughs> like, hey, you know what? I got shit to do, I got kids and stuff like that, and I'd rather use yeah. this time than just staying in traffic. But it all has its trade-offs. Yeah, so we're, we're doing. I would yeah, say, yeah, we're doing yeah okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks
2: for asking. I mean, I, I <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I agree with you on that. Like, some people definitely need to be around other people to be productive. Yeah. Um. And especially looking at the SDR job, right? You need you need someone next to you who can like pump you up and then and and, and like motivate you, and then maybe you can get also into a friendly competition, see who books more appointments or whatever metric you're using. Yeah. Um. But that's a challenge for sure. For, for, for positions like SDR or, I don't know, customer care, where it, it really depends on who you have sitting next to you, who's really make your day. I don't know. That's going to be a challenge for sure. But I think the challenge, the challenge now, and whoever can create or come up with a way of making you feel like you're with your coworkers where you're doing your work, your job from home, yeah. It's going to have a huge uh competitive competitive advantage. Yeah. Um But yeah, man, I agree I agree with you that some people just need the office life to to um to be productive. <laughs> me personally, I don't me personally I don't know if I'm going to miss it that much because I um I I don't know why, but I loved working from home uh these past 3 months. Uh, I I have been more productive and I I'll tell you why. Because when you're at the office, and especially if you have some degree of responsibility, uh, you have people who are going to come see you, like right next, going to tap you on your shoulder and going to ask, ask ask for stuff, right? Um, and obviously, you should help uh, in that case. So you stop whatever you're doing and then you uh, put all your attention into what, what whatever that person needs at that moment. So if the, if that repeats, if that sequence repeats itself, a few, I don't know, 10, tw- uh, 15, 20 times a day, that's a massive um, uh, loss of productivity, at least in my case. So, if if you can be productive, I don't know, six hours, eight hours working from home, like assuming all the things uh, remain the same, uh, all other things remain the same, I'm definitely going to be more productive than eight hours at the office. Because then, then there's yeah. the coffee break, the. Like water, water, whatever you call that, like water machine, uh, break. Oh, yeah, the,
0: the water cooler.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the water cooler. was <laughs> there there sitting there chilling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, In you know ideal world, I would, I would, I would uh, combine the two things, right? So maybe you can allocate one or two days to work from home, so you can focus on like I don't know individual tasks and be more productive, and then you all obviously should balance that like social life and go. Uh, in office, I don't know three, two, three days. Yeah, that that, that would be my ideal scenario uh, if I had to combine both things.
0: Yep, no kidding. You hit the nail on the head with that. <laughs> Love it. Uh, you just really gotta find that mixed balance. And you know what? I really find that kind of works too for some people is they prefer like two or one day out of the week to be in office, and I think that's pretty cool. Like, you're like fuck this. You know, I, I'm stay remote. I got shit to do. And, you know, one one or two days just come in and like, or once every other week, you come in for like a day or two and do yeah. your thing. That way you could just stay in touch and um, let them know, you know, hey, Alejandro, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, funny. Alejandro, so <clears throat> I I, 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 want, I want to dive a little bit deep in this, man. So, yeah, yeah you, you grew up in Spain. I, I never been to Spain before, but it's definitely one of my Czech places. So, what's it like growing up yeah, in man, Valencia? <laughs> Yeah, what what, what is the, what's the vibe that look like? Is it more, um, you know, where people like to play soccer and cycle? Because I I just got into cycling too, by the way, and I noticed that they do, they do cycling races there. So was, what what's nice. the vibe there, man? Like, what does that look like, and where you're at?
2: So yeah, in in Spain we are massive uh, football fans. Uh, we call football like what you guys call soccer, but it's oh, yeah. uh, it's football for us. <laughs> it's, it's, it's football. Football. <laughs> 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 Uh, yeah, like football. You can, okay. like, like uh, yeah. I don't know. We like, I, I'm i not a, a big American football fan, but like, I don't know. Uh, Peyton Manning is a food, American football uh, oh, player, so. right? Yeah. So that's that's what we call football. Got gotcha. <laughs> like Oh, you soccer. Okay. Okay. Got gotcha. <laughs> um, gotcha. you. Yeah. we have the Mediterranean life here, man. Uh, uh, especially in the in the East Coast, it, you know, weather is weather is great. Actually, now it's a bit too hot for my taste, for my liking. Uh, this, these last weeks have been like, I don't know, this week has been 35, 35 Celsius, which I don't know Fahrenheit how much that is, but it's like, a, it's like being in the desert for me, man. Oh, let me, really? Let me, let me check that. Yeah. Yeah, let's check that. One. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you right now. So that's 95. <laughs> oh, shit. God, yeah, yeah 95 95
0: fahrenheit <laughs> oh yeah i even know it gets that hot in spain where over yet in valencia uh, it's right?
2: definitely yeah it's definitely not not common uh usually oh, wow. we get like in mid july we get near the 30s but 35 yeah. here is is too much i mean this is global warming for sure gotcha uh, <laughs> okay i was like wait a minute yeah. you guys
0: are on the other side of the of this of space How, why is it so hot over there
2: yeah like, yeah yeah that's crazy okay You're pretty centric like yeah <laughs> cool for so, sure yeah. man it's pretty hot but like uh, we have blue skies uh it barely ever rains here in summer uh we get maybe one week or two with like more cloudy weather but like blue food skies. is great man. you should like food food here over here is great i i wouldn't i wouldn't switch spanish food like mediterranean food for anything else in the world definitely oh yeah um so we have a little bit of everything. Uh, I'm not a I'm not an expert in my own country definitely I haven't it's not it's not even that big but I haven't been I haven't been in in all the different regions yeah uh, but I'm definitely willing to and, and there's so much to explore and we have so many different like uh, climates here so if you go up north you get more cloudy more everything seems greener if you go down south it looks more like a desert. I mean, <laughs> it's a pretty complete country. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Thanks yeah, for yeah. filling
0: us in, man. I Appreciate that. Hey, and uh, extra yeah. virgin olive oil—it's uh, pretty popular up in there, right? Like you guys have the like yeah. purest extra virgin olive oil. I'm a I'm a big fan of extra virgin olive oil, man. And I'm not talking about uh, how much.
2: Yeah, how much is a gallon over there of of extra virgin olive oil?
0: Uh, I don't know, but normally when I buy a bottle, it's about like twelve bucks for like a really small medium one, and it's like the dark glass one
2: um but, but for like like uh, well like half a liter maybe uh I
0: yeah i think it might be like two hundred millimeters or so i'm not i'm not quite sure i can't think off the oh, bat damn. i didn't really take note of that but um, that's
2: expensive man yeah i know here we, here we get like a lit a liter the cheapest the cheapest you can you can you can get for like a full what like one liter bottle is maybe around if it's Extra virgin, right? Because there's many different varieties, but extra virgin could be around like I don't know, three, four, five euros for a liter. Shit. Yeah, for a liter. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Dude, and there's yeah. a lot of yeah. fake it's stuff different. going around. There's a lot of fake stuff uh, up in here. Oh, dude. most definitely. Yeah. Yeah, man. yeah, like,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. Like three bucks for like this big old one that says extra virgin. And it's like super clear and shit like that with a high smoke point when, with no uh, taste buds on it. And I'm I'm talking about like that spicy kick when you just just sip on it.
1: Like a real extra virgin, <laughs> yeah.
0: like you know, I, I actually sip and suck yeah, yeah, yeah. on it, and you get that spicy kick. That's when you know it's real, you know. and uh, It has the real benefits, not to the one where everyone trying to fake it shit. <laughs> if
2: if you go to some regions in Spain, like to some small villages and stuff, where they like they uh, produce this kind of oil, I don't know. Do you, do you, do you like picture picture uh, like a uh, five liter, five to ten liter with, like water jug, you know? yeah plus these plastic huge bottles and they they fill them up with extra virgin olive oils and you can get them for you know, you can get them for super cheap i don't know how much Damn. but like around i don't know 25 30 34 years maybe for
0: man yeah. fuck That's that best you best know
2: quality
0: if i'm if i ever come down to visit i'm gonna go ahead and hit you up and uh, we'll go grab some man take
1: some yeah check, man
2: check it in, <laughs> check sure it in the mean... bag you know
1: check that yeah. shit in and yeah take it yeah home. yeah
2: <laughs> I mean, if you try to if you try to to carry a, a five liter extra virgin olive oil bottle through an American airport, they might probably stop you at customs for sure. Yeah,
0: no doubt, no <laughs> Ask doubt. You where
2: where you find that? What are you doing there
0: with that? For sure. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I don't know. So <clears throat> I know we're running up the hour here. Um, there's just a few more things I, I just want to attack real quick, and just before we wrap it up. Marketing. Yep. Let's talk about marketing. You, mm-hmm. You've been in marketing, you intern as marketing, you were a marketer, you start at Top funnel. So before you got into sales, right, how did you end up in marketing?
2: I mean, that's a really good question. I've always been interested about how to persuade people to buy whatever, not to buy necessarily, but like to make whatever decision you're willing them to make. So uh, you're wanting them to make. So persuasion is something that really interested uh, me about marketing. Uh, I read a few books about persuasion. Um, and at the end, it's about, it's, everything is about managing expect, expectations, expectations, right? That That's why marketing is so related to sales. If you are not able to manage expectations properly, you're not going to make the sale. I guarantee that. Uh, but yeah, I, I love branding. I love um, brands who are able to communicate in a way that is compelling and that seems natural. Um, I love digital advertising. Like I, 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 I find it super interesting how super big brands like, I don't know, Nike, Nike, Nike is my favorite brand in the world. Um, Yeah. if you see how Nike communicates, it's, um, I, I did some research about Nike because I applied to Nike right after my master, but they didn't, they didn't get me. I, I think I, I applied to the wrong position. <laughs> I have uh, uh, so Nike, at least back in, back in 2017 sales, Nike sales were double Adidas sales, right? It was 35 billion us dollars, Nike and 17 billion uh, Adidas and for a company to be so big and communicate in such a way that seems like when Nike, like I don't know, streams uh, an ad or whenever they communicate about, I don't know, social justice, uh, equality for women, whenever they communicate anything, it just seems so compelling, man. It looks like a friend is talking to me about whatever they are advertising. And that's something that's so difficult to do, man, to achieve. You see companies who are like, I don't know, five to 10 employees, who, when you see them communicating on LinkedIn or or wherever they are communicating, it seems just robotic and, and natural. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. know if, I, if, I'm, if I'm making any sense here, but what I mean essentially is that it's it's super, super important for brands, in my opinion, to communicate in a way that is able to connect to the customers. And this is obvious, but the difficulty there is, how can you make an ad or a communication or whatever is it that you're making so simple and so compelling at the same time that attracts uh the attention of uh of your target market and i think that's the number one challenge right now it's like we are being bombarded from everywhere from brands going from nike uh me personally i'm super interested in fashion so i get Many, many ads, uh, paid ads on Instagram, Facebook, about these, like, new-coming brands that are creating an impact. Um, you see, I don't know. I, 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 me, personally, I'm always switching from my phone. I'm watching YouTube videos. I'm, I'm, watching, I'm, I'm watching YouTubers play video games. I, I watch all this kind of content, and at the same time, you're being bombarded with more content. Uh, the person playing the video game, I don't know, is advertising. He has a partnership with a a controller. Uh, company who are giving you five percent discount if, if if you buy their controller um i don't know if you do any sport they are trying to sell you uh crossfit shoes uh shorts i don't know you are into cycling so you might get a lot of ads with different sets of tires uh i don't know gloves helmets everything is just so annoying man at the end like sometimes i just need to put my phone down and say okay why the fuck did i just watch I don't know five ads in a row, I'm not even interested, so for a company to re- remain uh, relevant so many years and doing things so well, man it's just huge, um, super, super interesting, and that's that's what really motivates me about brands. Um, nice. Obviously, obviously, nice. You, don't, you don't need to be you don't, you don't need to be right one hundred percent of the time. These brands, especially like Nike, has gone through some controversies, some scandals, I don't know. Um, obviously brands are not perfect, but precisely them, um, showcasing and communicating that they are imperfect. That makes them look more like humans, Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Dude, I I love that. You, uh, spat out some really good stuff right there about marketing, Alejandro. You know, uh, like just, just before, before you, before you, before you started interning, Were you? Mm -hmm. Did you have a side gig or something like that? Were you branding for? Did you start like a T-shirt company? Were you helping out a buddy? What did that look like? Were you working on like a retail job? What What did that look like before this happened?
2: So I'm actually running my side hustle now. Back then I was so focused on on nothing really. (laughs) I was focused on doing nothing. uh, Before I uh, started like. My 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 uh, my get shit done period started when I st- when I finished university and really started um, studying for my masters. Because back then, nice. when I was at uni, uh, some some friends and I decided to to create a clothing brand, um, and it was a huge and a great experiment. But it didn't it didn't turn out well. Like we didn't sell uh, very much. But then, man, I, I still love fashion, and I have a side hustle. I uh, created a different clothing brand, by the way, for your followers. Follow yeah. on Instagram at uh, unlimited underscore underscore dreamers. That's my brand. <laughs> You're going to okay. have a look. Tell us <laughs> because, about that, man. Um, unlimited yeah, so that, underscore
0: underscore dreamers.
2: Unlimited underscore underscore dreamers, yes. Okay. So it's, it's based here. I, I always... Um, and also, for example, the fashion world is super crowded with with content and with advertising. So that that's gonna be there's just a huge, huge uh, competitive landscape in Spain for fashion brands. Like it seems like every day, new fashion brands come out, and you need to compete with that brand as well for <laughs> the your 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 uh, prospects attention. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, man. I, I mean, I think it's extremely important, and, and I think it's super good that you brought it up to have side hustles. Because then you can apply everything you've learned either at your job or like in the real world. All the knowledge that you, you acquire, then you can apply it to your side hustle, right? Yeah. Um, probably the fact that you spend so much time on the phone with customers is, is making you a super, super good podcaster. Um, because you know how to talk to people and you know how to interact with people. So I think this is the the different interactions between, between the things that you do on your, on your daily uh, basis on the daily routine is what really uh, makes you a good professional. Yeah. And a good person per se. Yeah,
0: You bet. I love that. Thanks for sharing, man. Unlimited underscore underscore dreamers. I'm actually looking at it right now. Got some cool models (laughs) up in there, dressing all hipsters Uh, look pretty cool, man. I love that. Hey, so just, uh, just before we wrap this up. So, yeah. <clears throat> Alejandro, you've been in the marketing side, you're still on the marketing side right now. You are on a marketing side right now because of your side hustle while doing your sales job. So from mm-hmm. your point of view and your eyes, what's the perfect combination when it comes to outbound sales development and marketing?
2: Uh, like, could you elaborate a little bit more on that? Like, you mean, um, you mean with regards to your side hustle or at your job? Uh in general, and <clears throat> what I mean by that is
0: because in sales development, there's always uh, there's always trouble with the marketing department versus the sales development department. What happens is there's no alignment. Marketing would throw out and cast a campaign. They throw shit over the fence and say, "Go get it." And the SDRs would be like, "Dude, this is like not the right <laughs> messaging. This is not what's supposed to look like." Um, you know, there, there's there's not yeah. much alignment in there. And I'm not saying all yeah. of companies. There's some companies like that. But you're, you're having experience doing marketing right now. What would you say are a few ways that they can come together and really, you know, do an al- a true alignment where they can throw a specific campaign out there. That'll be perfectly aligned with the SDR. So the SDR, when they reach out, it can be like, Hey, reaching out to you because of this and X, Y, Z, bang, 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 bang around. and be like, Hey, I'm with the company. And then they're, they're in the feel good business. They're trying to make you, the customer feel good because successful marketing in terms of like nike and adidas is to make you feel good yeah but I know that's a challenge in b2b and i was wondering from your perspective you have any type of uh input since you're definitely. doing marketing yourself so you understand you're, you're you're doing part of the work and it's totally different but in the same space
2: <laughs> definitely i think the bigger the bigger the size of the company the bigger the employee counts uh, the higher the employee counts, the more difficult to achieve uh, this thing is. But, for example, at Tiller, the marketing department and the, and the inbound department, the, the SDR acquisition department, we sat together at the office. So that's a really good way and, and useful way to uh, have a healthy feedback loop. Nice. So whenever the marketing guys hear something from the pitch or, I don't know, from anyone who doesn't, who doesn't seem quite right, they 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 call them out, right? And and we do the same. So I think transparency in the company, like uh, and, the, and the and the having a healthy feedback loop when, when you are free to talk to the marketing guys about this particular ad that you saw and that doesn't make any sense because you are communicating A, B, and C and the ad is showcasing, I don't know, X, Y, and Z. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, no. that happens many times, right? And if you are um, reactive enough and if you're agile enough that you can communicate quickly to the marketing guys and vice versa, uh, you, can, you can fix it up re- real quick, right? So you can, you can modify that or you can change the pitch if what you're saying is wrong because, I don't know, we implemented a new policy and then we are able to give this kind of discount instead of that one. So yeah, something that worked really well for us was having the marketing department and the acquisition departments that sit together at the office. So literally uh, next to each other. And I understand that this is not uh, as easy to do in a bigger company when you have, I don't know, several, several floors um, crowded with people, but the more seamless the interaction between the marketing department and the acquisition or SDR departments uh, can be, I think the 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 more it's going to flow. Um nice. The, the yeah, yeah. There
0: it is. <laughs> there it is. If that wasn't the press submission, I don't know what it is, man, there it is. Having sitting together and having that feedback loop. Sitting there, hey Alejandro, you I- should be saying that, you should be saying this. hey, why? Oh, this is why. Look, bam. And you know, <laughs>
1: yeah, you're I mean, right. Being open,
2: be, being open-minded, right? So if you are like uh we 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 are open minded and we listen to other people's feedback um so that's how we <laughs> and even the message that you're giving directly to the clients there's no one who might eventually become customers and then you have the support or the customer care department who are talking to current customers about their needs so I think those two departments were the front line and the, what's the opposite of frontline? Like the <laughs> last yeah. line of, mm, of they're, uh, they're, they're uh, call it back end of defense. Yeah, they um, call it like the back so you end. You should have those two yeah, 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 the back end. So if you pay attention to those two departments, life at the company and and, and the product is gonna be improved in a much easier way. Because then Lovely. you're listening to both people who are already used your product and have the, suggestions and people who don't use your product yet but they they remain relevant as well because then you know oh, what you might be able to tweak here and there uh yeah. both from the marketing and from the product side so you become more competitive you know what i mean
0: yep there it is spin that uh barcelona's uh gig right yep. there dropping bombs <laughs> all right so we're just wrapping up here. Uh, I know we ran up the hours and took a little more time than we have to. Alejandro, we thank you so much for hopping on the One Up Sales Development Podcast. So if there's anyone out here listening, they want to reach out to you and say thank you from across
2: the globe, from the States. What's the best way to do so? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm open. Like, you guys can follow me on Instagram. It's uh, Ale, just like A-L-E underscore Campoy, my surname. Hit me up yeah. there. Hit me up on, on LinkedIn. Uh, I will, I will, I will answer any questions. Anything, I am super happy to help. I, I, uh, more than 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 glad to have this opportunity to share with you, Jackson. Yeah. All
0: right. So that wraps it up for the One Up Sales Podcast. Alejandro Straight Out of Spain. Thanks again for hopping on, brother. I'm I'm losing you a little bit. Here. Oh, let's say we got a little lag spike, but uh. No. I, There it is. Alejandro, thanks for hopping on, brother.
2: (laughs) No worries, man. Thanks for having me. Um, This was my first podcast, so I hope I was uh, good enough. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, yeah, man.